Welcome to the Reimagine Podcast, a podcast that seeks to reimagine faith and life and community as we link, learn, and live together. I'm Greg English, along with Brad Hoffman and Brian Tapui. Today, on episode 11, we will reimagine our conversations as we talk about reopening, as we talk about the events of this week. So welcome, everybody, to episode 11. Hey, what's happening? Howdy. Hey. How are you? <laughs> Where are you at? What you doing? Uh, well, two-thirds of us are here. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's just talk about the elephant in the room. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Well, yeah, the elephant's not there. You know, yeah. Out, <laughs> yeah, I got my toes in the sand and whatever else goes with it. Yeah. Good for, good for you. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's so right. You, you've had a good, restful time? Um, well, I had a good time. Not so, not so many restful, uh, kind of different locations, same amount of work, but, uh, all good. But, uh, watching, uh, looking out from the 11th floor of, uh, Ocean Boulevard, uh, Myrtle Beach right now. So, uh, as I'm nice. talking to you, so very nice setting for sure. Nice. Yep. Yeah, that's oh, good. Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm actually looking at a seafoam green wall that has the same experience. <laughs> Uh, down in the basement that you're experiencing looking at the ocean, I'm sure. It feels the humidity. Sure. Yeah, the humidity's high here. The humidity. The, uh, the ficus the tree. The ficus tree doesn't have the same effect as your palm trees, but yeah. we're close. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, sure. Yeah. It's, it's about the I'm same. I'm sure. Yeah. That's yeah. good. That's oh, we got good. a cool. We got a cool good. 75 degrees here this morning. Things are going well. So, Brian, yeah, what are you doing right. over the weekend? That's right. Uh, you know what? Not a lot. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot, but you know it, it is interesting. Uh, we're hearing more about pools that are opening and uh, individual mm-hmm. pools that are opening. So you know, there's there's hope. There's hope that uh, we'll start filling up our schedule here. Although I think for me, the sign that we've turned a corner as a country is when they start opening those wave pools. Yes. You know, like at the uh, <laughs> water at the, park at the big water parks. <laughs> yeah, because That's if right. you can right. if you can cram that many people. Uh, and have them all floating together uh, like seals. Uh, you know that you know that uh, it's a new day. Yeah. It's a new day. Those, That's right. Uh, you know, That's those right. were always good rides until I hit about a quarter inch of water, and the concrete just scarred my knees up. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Tumbling in the yeah. sand is not the same as tumbling in cement. It's in true. Park. And with the amount no, of band aids you see floating, <laughs> oh, yes. people have had the same experience. <laughs> They've come back from more. Yeah. Oh, That's right. Yeah, oh. I don't think a virus is my biggest concern in a wave pool. Yeah, no, no, uh, no, no. Yeah. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's all I got. We're, we don't have a lot. Yeah, we don't have anything either. I, I think that's good. Um, just to kind of be kind of relaxed a little bit. I, I, I think I'll hang out, maybe uh, see my granddaughters, and that that's going to be fun for for a little bit of time. But overall, we don't have any plans. So I don't know either. Our pool did open uh, in our in our community there. So uh, we're seeing people, you know, flock to it yeah. and trying to figure all that out. But uh, yep. yeah, it's gonna yep. be good. Is it hard wearing a mask in a pool? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The underwater mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a it picture in my in, in mine, and you just asked me that. I'm gonna leave it there. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I won't do any sponsorships uh, for uh, certain brands. Oh, you know, you know what there I was. I was just thinking the other day. I, I told our, my family this. They, they need to start designing shirts that have like a little extra flap down in front, like in the front part of the collar that kind of folds down and hangs down. But you can pull it up over your face as a mask if you need. Yeah. So it's oh, a shirt with a, a mask built into it. I'm saying this uh, on the airwaves right now, so that. Uh, 
somehow I'm staking a claim in this idea, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think that'd be awesome. Like, I think I think you could sell a lot of those, a designer type shirt with the little extra fold there that you can pull up over your face. Uh, we used kind to call like a in bib that you just flip up. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we used to call those dickies. Sure, the, sure. The mock turtleneck, yeah. and you just roll up like a. <laughs> and now we call them buffs. Either. That's what you fish with. You put on kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's up and down. Yeah. yeah, it's time for the return. May, the maybe dickie. members only could bring that back. Ah, uh, my. I wish. Remember the members only? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. From your oh, mouth to God's ears. I do. I had a gray one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, everyone had a gray one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the standard color. Yeah, you know? yes, sir. Yeah, they did come out with a cream, but it just didn't have the same yeah. slickness to it. Yeah, I appreciate the little strap that hung down that you never used, but you just let it flop around there by your <laughs> yeah. neck. There, and somehow it was supposed to complete the the, the jacket, but yeah, yeah. Members did. only. Let's let's get them as a sponsor. Yeah, right, it. official sponsor. <laughs> <to> reimagine. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Yeah, reimagine. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you got to look back to move forward. You know? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's true. Exactly, exactly right. So, uh, yeah, we're still dealing with COVID a little bit. Uh, we've now in Virginia, we've now entered into most places into phase two. And so we're going to start seeing things open up a little bit more and activities take place. So I think that's encouraging. So, you know, where's the first place you're going to go, what you're going to experience in that? Wow. Yeah, well, I've you, already done that. Yeah, here in South Carolina. So I what's that like? What's in a, it like in a restaurant? <laughs> in a restaurant, sat down, ate a meal in a restaurant. Nice. That was um, pretty interesting. Uh, table spread out, spaced out, all that kind of stuff. Uh, certainly, all the uh, I guess you'd call all the social distancing guidelines uh, carried out appropriately. But it felt weird. It felt strange to uh, actually go into a restaurant and eat. I mean, because it's been since like before what? Before May fifteenth that Joe and I were in a restaurant. So definitely uh, a different feeling, but good. But yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I but I, I'm, I'm ready to go somewhere. I will say that I'm, I'm itching to go somewhere. I, I just, I got to get up and go somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I don't know where that's going to be. It's um, going to have to be somewhere else than where I live because uh, Northern Virginia and the city of Richmond where I live uh, is still, you know, we're a week behind in that process. Uh, so it won't be until next week that, you know, I'll be able to walk outside and see who's open yeah, uh, and what they're offering to, to do that. I do, by the way, do have a date on the calendar, though, with uh, the granddaughter to go to the Diamond uh, next Friday night and uh, purchase the squirrely fries and hot dogs and ah, have a baseball very experience. Good. Very good. Yes. Very good. So awesome. that, that's coming next Friday night. Looking yeah. forward to that. But so I don't really have anywhere to go because uh, I am I am in the city Uh so speaking of Richmond and living in Richmond, uh, not only have we are moving through COVID and into phase two, uh, different areas, but uh, having uh, living in the city this past week, uh, certainly we've experienced um, some other things as well in regards to uh, George Floyd's life, uh, the protests that have taken place all across uh, the country and cities throughout uh, with conversations in regard to injustice and things of that nature. So uh, it's been not only just a, a COVID experience is taking place, but now another um, experience that uh, we're working through. And just just for me, you know, uh, I happen to live two blocks off of, of, of Broad and, and Monument in that area and um, go down there frequently and walk around and, and engage with folks down there on a regular basis. And, uh, of course, uh, Friday night uh, we had an, an incident with the GRTC bus and really didn't think much 
about it, uh, but certainly did not expect to wake up on Sunday morning uh, as actually on Saturday night, I was on Monument Avenue at about 8.15 and things were uh, normal. A lot of people were, were out just doing daily life uh, activity and conversation. Uh, and so as the night got later, things, of course, changed in regards to protest and uh, incidents is taking place of um, up and down Broad Street Monument. And so I didn't expect to wake up on Sunday morning uh, with the news of the uh, rioting of facilities, the destruction of certain things, the uh, the amount of people that were engaged in the protest and to hear, you know, the mayor speak and the police chief speak and just uh, things turned quick. Uh, in terms of, of living in the city and, and, you know, just the, I guess for me, it was a, the spiritual burden of um, just people that uh, you live and you, you uh, engage and talk with and, and move around with and to know that, that the destruction that was taking place, um, it, it just kind of, it kind of hurt because it's about, it's about people. And it, it's more about than just, you know, the city. It's, it's about people and, and people are hurting and so Sunday was was very different for me uh, as I engaged some folks. And later on that day, I did I did make my way uh, back down just to kind of see things firsthand of what was taking place. And uh, just since then, I'm trying to you know have conversations with folks just to to listen and hear from their perspective what was taking place. Any thoughts to uh, this week's activities as they've gone across the the country and the nation? And we've seen uh, many different voices and activities taking place. Any any take on that? For me, it's it's being reminded again of the tragedy and uh, the travesty. Um, we talk about the injustice and racism and intolerance and inequality. Um, you know, we've had these events happen in the past, um, lots of names that are attached to them. But I think for us, it's, it's obviously, I think it's being aware, it's listening, and maybe there is something different this time. And that seems to be the sentiment of some of the voices that you're listening to. But I know for me, I think it is being mindful, thoughtful, and it's taking a listening posture in the conversation. And I, you know, I think you all are probably the same as me as is my inbox and my curated content is just being filled with all these position statements and support statements and, and those kind of things. And I think they're great and they're good to affirm um, the good out of this. But I think it's, it's more than just words. It's going to be what are the actions that follow. And I think for me as, you know, as, uh, as a pastor and as a, a member of culture society, it's being able to maybe not speak so much, but listen and to look at where I can stand with uh, the good causes and, for the future um, actions for um, equality and for the future actions of justice um, in, in the days ahead for people of color and, and to help make a difference in that. But I, I think it is, it's profound in the midst that it's happened in this pandemic. Um, if anything, it's caused greater pause and reflection from people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, uh, last night I was down with some uh, church leaders, a bunch of people that gathered down there to pray and just to hear uh, just people crying out, is crying out to God. Uh, and um, 
and this cry for 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 justice and equality and uh that that they saw and and reiterate what you all have said that this this is a this is a different moment this could be a turning moment here where as followers of Jesus we stand with and for uh those who are being oppressed or afflicted or overlooked um and uh, so it was just a it was a really important moment to um gather as the church and to recognize that we all have uh, roles to play and uh, we all have a way to engage. And like you said, um, some of the, the best ways that we can as as white suburban people is, is really to listen and um, to begin to try to understand, even though I cannot relate directly, I can uh, choose to understand and in uh, praying that, that God would make us instruments of his peace. I think that's an important thing. And uh, I know that we're going to be talking about this more on the Reimagine podcast. So uh, there's further yeah. conversation to come uh, in, in regards um, to these important issues. And so while we won't be able to uh, spend the whole time today on that, uh, I'm looking forward to conversation that's going to be taking place here very soon. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's going to be a good conversation, and, and we're working those details out now. So it, it really just is interesting that um, there's some uh, some writings out there uh, where there's some discussion that goes on. If you look at the course of history and, and different things, like it almost seems like every hundred years there's a new medical crisis or intervention or, or not some something medical comes about that that's not new and you know 1918 was a spanish flu and here we are now experiencing coronavirus and then every 20 years or so you got this ebb and flow of the economy and financial uh recession progression or depression takes place and um, then every 80 years there's a generational turnover and it just seems right now uh we've got all three of those have collided together and so these are very real conversations. These are uh, things that um, we have to learn how to process, think about, and it begins. It does begin with listening. We we certainly have all the we got enough opinions uh, that we can offer from ourselves and everybody else. But yet, um, you know, the discipline no, of listening, no. <laughs> you know, is 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 a good one. But just to recognizing that, as we talked last week, even with with Danny in regards to detentions in the community. Uh, is our congregation and we referred we, we were talking about that in regards to some reopening things but boy i, I did not realize after that episode that it would uh, escalate uh, to a greater need to figure out how to see our community as congregation and knowing that we're dealing with this cycle of um, for me you know just what, what i wrote down in my journal was this uh, physical uh, illness financial illness and relational illness is all hidden at one time and so it's certainly uh, very challenging in that. So I do, I do look forward to our conversation uh, coming forth. And so also looking forward to the idea, uh, one thing we want to talk about today was uh, reopening. And we hit a little bit of that last week um, with uh, what does that look like? Uh, but can we spend a couple minutes just talking about how we as a church at Cool Spring look uh, towards and forward to uh, the reopening process? But before we dive into that a little bit, Brad, what was it like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we asked Mark Beckett from a principal standpoint of view, what was it like when he got the news from a pastor of a church uh, with, with multiple ministry avenues and different things that affected from a, from not only the church gathering, but a childcare facility to a recreation facility and programming. What was it like for you uh, when this started to happen? Crazy, I think, more than anything else. I think back to that that week and that week coming up in mid March, where 
um, we were kind of watching and listening to what other church leaders were doing in the area as uh, the information of the pandemic and was continuing to unfold. And as we heard about the uh, suggestions and then really mandates and requirements about social distancing, and um, we had made that call still uh, appropriate because it, it, groups had not been um, – we watched that number of – size of groups continued to go down in, in number. Uh, we were already committed to our, our regimen of services. Uh, we cut it back to two instead of three. And uh, remember that weekend well as uh, we still gathered, but um, it would we didn't know that it would be our final gathering. Um, I think when everybody went into this, they thought it was going to be for a couple of weeks and that we would kind of be back to some sort of normal. And it became very apparent that that wasn't going to happen, um, that we weren't going to be back to what was. In fact, uh, what was going to be was going to be completely different for us. And I think for myself, it was you know navigating the uncertainty. I think it was about how do we pull together our team and begin to plan and institute, I guess, an entire different regimen. For us, it was it was literally going from a you know we had no online presence you know to virtually becoming um, a virtual church overnight and literally within ten days we had to move all of our groups and all of our meetings and we had to move our services um, online. I, I think for me it was just the uh, the leadership in crisis piece and where you can't be as collaborative, um, where you have to make some hard decisions quick and fast and and chase the outcomes on those. Um, but I think one of the things that I have reiterated over and over again, that through that whole challenge and through those whole first weeks, there was no fear. Uh, I was I was completely at peace in the midst of the chaos uh, that, that it's something that, that either God had prepared in me and it worked in me. Um, but at the same time, I, I wasn't fearful of the pandemic. I wasn't fearful of the shutdown. I wasn't fearful of what might happen. Um, recognizing that we have a complete dependence upon, on the Lord and, and how he moves and works. And there's a faithfulness there to his people and to his mission and his purpose. And, being willing to walk into that unknown, knowing that there's something bigger, there's something greater, uh, there is greater intentionality in that to come. Um, I think that's kind of where I was living, even in the midst of, of all that chaos. You know, you're trying to figure out how to do this, how to get how to get full of paper, how to get all these things, you know, uh, in a sense. But yet it was very much um, a piece about it. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but it was it was truly something of the experience, at least internally for me. Yeah. What um, what were the things, do you remember the things that you were, I think we've all admitted that, hey, there are things that we were grieving, but as far as like a church body goes, were the things that you had to grieve too as you as we were making those decisions quickly and, and moving things into place? Um, w- w- did you have a moment to, to think of, of well, this this isn't going to look the same. This is going to be different moving forward and have a time where you, where you kind of, you kind of grieve that as you, as you then move forward and embrace uh, the new things that are coming up. I think for me, the, the grief process really had to do with um, 
not seeing and engaging uh, with people. And from that standpoint, being able to hear the stories and have the conversations before and after services and to see faces. And and for for me, part of that is um, I've been around long enough that I know most of the people and and if not, probably know more people than anybody does on our staff and our team. But it is this aspect of there's this um, accountability of seeing faces and taking mental note of who's there and who's not there and, and that kind of thing as as you go from service to service. And so I, I miss that connection piece. <clears throat> and I think also, you know, a lot of our identity for those that teach and teach to groups, I think we miss that interaction uh, with people face to face. I think from the teaching perspective, that's the biggest challenge. I think being online or being virtual and not being in front of people is you, you gauge so much of your reaction to the way people are reacting to what you're saying. And so you interact and there's a, there's a, there's a feeding there in a sense that takes place um, when you're in front of a live group of people. And so um, I miss those. I just, I think for me, it's the grief of not being around people that, that I was so used to being around and, and I miss that fact. Um, I miss hearing some of the stories of where people are in that given week that would be, would be impromptu because we'd have those conversations, uh, in the in between, um, in, in the morning. And of course I have to say that I miss the coffee. I mean, Jan, yes. if you're listening, Gary, I miss the coffee. I, I miss yes. connections. I miss my, my uh, Americano with the with the extra shot. We do three shots on Sunday morning. Uh, I miss that caffeine uh, as well, and some of the best espresso in in Richmond. Uh, so I do miss that piece. That's a grief for me as well. Sure, Connections Coffee, official sponsor of the Re- Reimagine Podcast. Yeah, I think that's a true one too. I think we can actually claim that. All the others, we can probably claim that. That's yeah, right. we can claim yeah. that. It's for, never too sure. latte uh, to get yours. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. there, there we go. Ah, there Worst we go. Worst dead. Worst dead. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So good. Uh, so now we're moving forward, and so you've kind of gone through that process, and of course with staff, you've gone through multitudes of processes, and and it feels like. Um, you know, phases have been written and new phases have been written because things are continually changing. And we've talked to word about the word pivot uh, quite quite a bit. And you know, just the idea of that word is we're now in the in a pivoting process and a reinvention of what uh, our experience of gathering gathering together uh, will look like. And you know, pivot's not a bad thing if you look at it from a sports perspective, uh, particularly in basketball. What what one move or option shuts down always opens up uh, another or two yeah. more, and those actually can uh, be better than than the original plan that was put in place. So, uh, reinvention and pivoting is taking place, and I think it's important in our culture today that 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 will may become customary of us. Um, and so, as we oh, we we look to regather, and um, you have a. Um, an idea that uh, you know, come June twenty first, that Cool Spring will will begin that process. So, what does that look like for you for June twenty first? I think for me, it is, and let me maybe Greg, maybe it's about just putting down the foundation. I mean, where where are decisions? Where are directions? Where are they coming out of? What are the basis um, for them? And I said, for me, in in this process, it's. I don't, I don't want us to ever forsake the gathering, um, whether it is in person or whether it's virtual. I think, you know, obviously scripture has, has, uh, principles that, that 
speak to the importance of, of when the church gathers. But for me, I recognize that we cannot go back to where we were. And, and that's not just in the, that's just not the near future, the next 90 days, but that's a two year window of, uh, I think, in terms of we can't just go back and redo the schedule that we were doing before. Um, we have to forge a path forward that is into this unknown, but I think it is done with a trust and a faithfulness in that. Um, and for me, <laughs> I think, and maybe, maybe both of y'all will, uh, will resonate with this as well. And I think our team does too, is that I think as we go forward, our worship gatherings won't necessarily be the entree or the entryway uh, to connecting with people in our community. Uh, community connection is going to be more focused on, I, I think, doing good. It's going to be about groups and it's going to be about our mission uh, are going to be the entrees, uh, the entryways. Um, churches are going to look different. Yeah, I think I love, you know, Kinnaman said in Barna recently that, you know, one in three mainline churches will not survive COVID and one in four evangelical churches will not survive COVID. And so it is about reimagining uh, that safe community. And I think for me, we will always have to have a strong virtual presence, though we will have a strong in-person presence as well. Because while the in-person presence has its setbacks, the virtual has its setbacks as well. And I think sometimes the virtual setback is that we become watchers of the word rather than doers of the word. Uh, and we forget to be engaged in the mission, um, that we kind of watch it uh, in a sense we don't realize that we need to be engaged with it. And I think that's where, where the physically present, it allows us to become more, I guess, in tune, more thoughtful, more intentional um, about the um, the practice of that of that mission, um, so I think all of that kind of serves as this underlying layer of as a pastor, I want to be a good public citizen too. I want to adhere to the laws, the mandates that are established by elected leaders, uh, whether I agree with them or not. I think there's a civil duty there, and so I'm excited that yeah, we are going to meet in person again, and yet. What we do as, and I think this is what the other churches, every church is struggling with this. What we what we do will look different because we have to take in consideration different factors in the gathering that we didn't have to take in consideration before March fifteenth. And so that is um, about cleaning and sanitation. That's about what we do before and after service. About the social distancing and the spacing and the seating becomes limited. I think the thing that's so amazing is. That we're going to be, as so many other churches are, um, you got an RSVP to come to church. <laughs> you know, before mm-hmm. it's like we're begging people to come in. You know, we'll open the door, we'll start late just so you find a seat. But now it's like if you want to come to church, you got to send in an RSVP. You've got to register. We're doing an Eventbrite for church, in, in a sense, and then we're like shepherding people in one entrance, shepherding them out another. I mean, <clears throat> you're not choosing your own seat anymore. It's you're being ushered in and because we need to do the spacing for the social distancing. You know, we're asking people to wear face masks, you know, and so it, it's, just, it, it's just a different feel in a sense of what we're doing. But at the end of the day, it's okay. Why? Because we've gathered. And whether we gather virtually or whether we gather in person, 
And I guess for us, just I guess kind of a personal piece, and while I realize there are people that listen to this that aren't associated with Cool Spring, but for those are associated with Cool Spring, that as we're as we're doing this and as June twenty first comes along, June first, twenty first is really it while it's a welcoming service and people can come back, it's only one of three. Um, and we recognize that the national averages are are roughly um, national averages are are rough, roughly twenty five percent of what was your attendance is coming back. So we we recognize that a smaller number of people will be um, entering in and, and coming in. But this is really an opportunity for our teams and our leadership and our people to set in place the protocols and the practices of what will usher into kind of our our new normal, our new practice into the future. And so it really becomes a test case for us. And so it's, it's allowing our teams to kind of learn the new practices and protocols and get them done. So for me, that's kind of exciting. Uh, it's a newness. It's a freshness. So while it will look different and feel different, um, it'll be different coming to that room, and you're used to it being full. And, and yet you'll have a much smaller audience, a much smaller so. For people that are used to the full room and they come in there and see less people, there'll be a different feel, but that's okay. Uh, I think from the standpoint, it's still the opportunity for us to gather and still an opportunity for us to encourage one another. Yeah, I think, uh, like you said, at the end of the day, even though it will look different, and and it's a challenge to make sure that um, that church doesn't become like a hospital setting. Uh, or, or it doesn't become like a club where you've got the bouncer at the front taking names in the velvet rope and, you know, people, uh, <laughs> yeah, the music. Uh, and the, so, you know, it, there are all kinds of challenges there. But at the end of the day, it really comes back to um, the people. The, the, the thing that will remain the same are the people that you gather with to celebrate uh, the risen Christ. And, and yeah. when it's all said and done, whether that's virtually or in person, um, that, that is the church, the, the people gathering to say that, that Jesus is alive and our God reigns. And, and so whether I have to, um, wear a mask or I have to be told where I'm, where I'm sitting, I can look around and see the, the people, the other, the other believers gathered with me, um, to proclaim the same thing. That, that is what will be familiar, even though a lot of other pieces will look different and be a little more unfamiliar um, and un- different. I mean, unusual uh, for sure, but those things will remain the same. Yeah. And the other thing about it, you know, I was talking to Brian the other day and this, the conversation of, you know, for me, the last, uh, you know, two or three months, you know, we go back to, you know, dealing with the, the, the uh, weariness maybe of, of COVID and now the um, the protest and the economic downfall. And yet, um, so we're talking about the idea and the purpose of gathering and just making the statement that, you know, just being out and among, among people during these times and being around them, you know, the mission uh, is still the same, and that's to be in and around yeah. the people. But the mission drives the engagement of our gathering because there was a day last, you know, last Sunday night, like, I needed my life group, and I was thankful there was already something on on the calendar that uh, we had met outside somewhere. And you know, last weekend was a long weekend uh, for me, and so to to know that um, you know I'd been engaged in in that mission throughout that whole week and then the events of the weekend, I, I needed that gathering of of the believer, um, my little you know my little group, my life group that is the church. 
connected. And so as we continue to go forward and as we continue to have the conversation uh, just about uh, the gathering of the church and how do we minister uh, during to people during this time frame, whether that's physical illness, financial illness, or relational illness, the mission uh, really creates the, the the healthy desire for engagement and gathering as the church. Absolutely, absolutely. So good, kind of, like good sermon, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll have it on your desk in two weeks. <laughs> Enjoy the beach today, by the way. Uh, I'll have it done. That's right. For sure. For sure. So good good conversation today. A little bit of a different conversation for us as we just kind of took time just to pause and uh, just kind of talk about uh, really what's happening. And again, we look forward to a conversation coming uh, ahead of us in regards to um, uh, the George Floyd uh, conversations happening around the country, and also more information about uh, reopening as we look forward to the future. So, any last comments on reimagine today? Um, I'm going to go down the beach in a few minutes and uh, enjoy my social distancing in the sand. Yeah, you're breaking up. Sorry, we. we <laughs> yeah. uh, I hope that wave just didn't take you out. <laughs> Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm going to ride the uh, Captain D's and get some uh, fried fish. Would that yeah. be? Oh, oh, you know? oh. That's about the same. <laughs> yeah. And eat it in front of my seafoam wall in the in the studio uh, here. So. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Big day plant. Big day. Yeah. Those are always. Right. Um, yeah. I can't believe you just said that to us. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, Just being real. Yeah, no, no. Being transparent. That's good. uh, That's good. We're happy. We we are happy for you. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Well, I will will be back in reality in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for joining us on the Reimagine podcast today. As always, you can follow us on iTunes, Spotify, and Overcast, and download any episode and rate them as well. So for Brad at the beach. And Brian and I in the studio. Thanks for being a part of the Reimagined Podcast. We'll see you next week.